The following program has been pre-recorded. On this episode of Belonging, the show for young Catholic adults, Jesh Syracuse, we talk about the topics of vocation, what it's like growing up as a cradle Catholic. I've been able to fall in love and continue to fall in love with the sacraments and with the faith. And you even hear a song from her. I'm just patiently waiting for love, patiently waiting for hope, patiently waiting for my dreams to come true. I'm patiently waiting for love. On this episode of Belonging, the show for young Catholic adults, next. This program is made possible by the generous donations of Jeannie and Bill Stasekel, members of Christ the King Parish in Nashville, and by a grant from the Cook Foundation. Take advantage of the many opportunities for young people in the Nashville Diocese to connect and find belonging. Like University Catholic, a community of college-age students who are serious about their faith and unite in fellowship and friendship to deepen their personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Go to universitycatholic.org to find out more. You can also connect with young Catholics like you by attending events like Summit Music City. It's a night of music followed by adoration and reconciliation. It's free and open to young people of all faiths. Go to soundscatholic.com. To find the right young Catholic connection for you, call the Catholic Youth Office of the Diocese of Nashville, 615-645-9762. Hello and welcome to another episode of Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio. My name is Zach Jansen. We're joined by Father Gervon, and we're here at the remote location, mixing it up again. We're at the Frasati House near the cathedral, and this week we have a Belmont student on. She's a junior over there studying music, a great musician herself. This is Jess Syracuse. So Jess, thank you for being on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, she's got her guitar in here, and for those who don't know much about you, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you're from, and where you're at today. Yeah, so I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio. At Belmont, I'm studying music business and marketing. Those are my two majors. Music business, my emphasis is production. So I've got my feet in a few different doors, um, which is kind of how I like it. Because I really wanted to just go into college learning what I want to know. (laughs) I am a songwriter, songwriter, singer, musician, person. So I'm assuming that's what, that's what brought you here is the, is the music. I think a lot of people have the same story of coming from out of town and seeing this is Music City. Was that kind of the same idea for you coming out of high school thinking, I want to love what I do and love what I study, I guess, too? Is that a motivation? Yeah. So, well, going in, if you would have asked me like six years ago what I wanted to go to school for, I would have said neuroscience. What? And then I discovered how much biology is actually needed for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Isn't that crazy how like five, that's a te- teenage age basically, right? Yeah. How we think we know what we want to do and then it all changes on that fast. I'm sure you see that in all the freshmen coming in. Yeah, thinking. absolutely. And it's kind of, sometimes it's funny. There's like, you know, like they're all concerned about what they major and then like on the back of my mind, I was like, don't worry. 70% of you are going to change the major, you know, like yeah. Yeah, 75% is going to ma- change the major and about 50% is going to change school. So that's fine. Yeah. It's okay. That's not a worry though when you're studying, right? You just think, I love what I'm doing. Well, yeah. I mean, it well, it kind of was. I originally wanted to be in the songwriting program at Belmont, but as I'm sure you know, it's pretty, pretty intense, <laughs> pretty hard to get into. Um and I tried seven times to get in. I applied seven times to the major and got denied every single time. And 
I was gearing up for number eight and I was like, okay, let's, let's actually think about this. Like, why do you want to be in the songwriting major? Oh, cause you're a songwriter. Do you need to do that? What, like what else about music? And so then I just, and I, I had always been thinking like for years, like, man, I really love posting about like music and other people's projects. I wish I could like make a career out of that, which is exactly what marketing is. <laughs> um, then I just decided to stop pursuing the songwriting major and just added marketing and decided to be a double major. So you did seven times. What, what happened after each attempt? Did you just keep thinking this is the only route in my head? Like I just had to do it. I kept thinking, um, the first time I applied, I was still a senior, um, in mm -hmm. high school and I didn't get in. And so I had emailed the admissions person asking like, Oh, like up to how many times can I apply? And they're like, you can keep applying as much as you would like. 77 times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <Say> <laughs> right. Except <laughs> right. She was like, you know, it's actually really good. Like, you know, some people get in like on their third or fourth try, like, you know, like the more you apply, the more we see your name and we, we see how serious you are. I guess seven times wasn't enough for me, but it's okay. Cause it all worked out for the better. Um, I definitely kind of think of it as, cause I did have like a total like pigeonhole, like I want to be, I want to be a Belmont university songwriting major. Like that's like that's what, that's, that's my people. That's my passion. That's my drive. That's my whatever. And when I didn't get in for the seventh time, I've definitely felt, I've definitely saw that as like God being like, all right, take a beat. Songwriting is important to you, but you're getting too obsessed with it. And it's, it's kind of controlling you. And it was every time I got that, that denial, I just like felt so awful <laughs> about myself, which you know, it, it just makes you think about like, what do you want to do in life? And, um, if I can write for a publisher, then awesome. If I don't, then I'll be a music promoter. Um, it is what it is and I'm chilling with it. I think we all have those moments in our life where you think, uh, I'm going to give it my best for this option. If it doesn't work out, that means it's not meant to be whatever that means. Or I might try it six more times just to make sure. What, what can you speak about that, Father? How, how quote unquote doors open for us. They might say, well, if it works out, that means God wanted me to do it. And if not, he has you something know, for me. I think that sometimes we, we, we take this discernment or, you know, God's will in a, in a crazy way. You know, mm -hmm. God has a plan for us. And the plan that God has for us is to get to heaven. Mm -hmm. that's our main goal and then all those little things yes it's not that God doesn't care but he doesn't mind as mm -hmm. much as the process how you get to have you know it's just mm -hmm. like like God is not like oh Jess she has to be a songwriter or you know this is her degree or whatever and then sometimes we we just have to be honest with ourselves. Do I is this something that I want to do that I'm going to be trying until I die, mm -hmm. or is this something that is like yes, this is important for me, but it's not as important, so I move on in life. So I think it's important for us to understand that kind of, you know, where that's why we said where does God wants me? You know, who who does God want me to be? And then by doing that, we can really say okay this is important but i'm you know that's not where i'm gonna die or, or you know and i think the discernment is this is like yeah look around and see because god speaks to, to us in many different ways with people with situations with actions so like what is god speaking to you through this mm -hmm. you know, after you do this for seven times is this something that god wants you to keep trying is it so what what is you know 
and discernment is for each person. It's not like, oh, one fits all. Just try three more times. You know, no, it's wh- how, and, and that's why, you know, a, a personal relationship with God, prayer life, all that stuff is needed. That way it's not only, you know, it's like how is God speaking to me through this? Hmm. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Yeah, we're always looking for a, for a sign too. My, my favorite thing, maybe it's in here that you're, if you're looking for a sign, this is it. Yeah. Uh, and we just keep going. So, I, so now, now you're there's three years in. Are you are you pretty well happy waking up every day where you're at? Thinking, oh yeah, at least feel like I'm on the right track. Maybe having some guidance too. Yeah, no, I absolutely, I absolutely made the right call. I'm really like getting into my marketing classes this semester, especially. And I was over the summer, over the summer semester, and I just find what I'm learning so like interesting, and it's all just like business, like who knew I would have such a fun time learning about microeconomics? Like, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, just being in the classes, like being able to learn and being, being competent in the discussion too, just really makes me feel very like at home in what I'm studying. Hmm. So yeah, hundred percent. And seeing where you are today here at the Frasardi house, what role is the, has the Catholic faith played in your life as a, as a young adult? almost finishing up college now. Did you, did you grow up with a, with a strong faith life or did it change at all when you came to college here? How's that been for you? Yeah. So I grew up Catholic. My, um, I'm a hundred percent Sicilian. So big Catholic, <laughs> uh, Italian family. Yeah. And I went to private school my whole life and, you know, my grade school, I was just like, it was just religion classes and pretty much like stuffing religion down your throat. So, mm-hmm which is obviously not the way that it should be taught. <laughs> um, so when I got to high school, I was pretty pretty standoffish in my faith. I definitely felt that I, it was still like, it's a good thing to have around. Um, like, yeah, I'll go, I'll go to church like a few Sundays. And then, uh, you know, throughout that, I just kind of started falling away a little bit more about like stuff that ties into like human, human rights and things like that, like mm-hmm. abortion. I was sure. very, very pro-choice in high school and then coming here to college um well I should say like towards the end of high school I had kind of like an awakening on uh, Kairos mm-hmm. and was like oh man okay like God actually matters to me oh shoot mm. <laughs> um which was good because then I found my own value in my faith and then yeah coming here to college I just actually like got to fall in love with the faith which I feel like, especially people who were born into Catholicism, they don't get that chance. They just are surrounded by it. And, um, you know, it's something that, you know, that they know and they have known forever. So they don't know anything else. So in my experience, they become apathetic towards it. Um, so coming here with UCAT and just interacting with people who are just so knowledgeable about the faith um, allowed me to, to learn and to actually understand teachings and have a conversion of heart, again, especially with abortion and pro-life matters, um, that is just amazing. And have, again, like I've been able to fall in love and continue to fall in love with the sacraments and with the faith and yeah. Yeah, I think you hit the right point exactly. How As young adults, it's pretty easy to fall away. Last week before our show, we had talked about just uh, in the very beginning, Bill Staley even mentioned the term drift away. It doesn't mean you're totally gone. Uh, but I think that that high school time is where we get a little bit skeptical sometimes of thinking, well, 
why, why do we have to be pro-life or, and, and whatever questions you may have about the faith. Yeah. And um, I think the biggest thing about that is because we don't understand our faith, you know, yeah. especially as credo Catholic, oh, you go to mass because you go to mass, you know, in converts, you see such yeah, a, yeah, it's like you go to happiness. mass because your family does that, you know, yeah. so it's one more activity that you do on Sunday or, you know, why do you pray? Well, we pray before, before meals because we pray before news, yeah. but then, is not, and that's the pretty cool thing, thing about being Catholic is there's always a why do we do that? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, a lot of times we, especially creator Catholics, we don't talk about or we, you know, we don't know. Or, no, we or don't or know. I mean, I myself, I, you know, I was baptized when I was like two weeks old mm-hmm. and, you know, and my family went to mass, but then they stopped because they didn't understand what the beauty of the mass is. And it wasn't until I understand, because for me it was like this old man dressing, you know, in a white dress, whatever. Floating on a cloud. Saying, yeah, saying the same thing, blah, blah, blah. I was like, <laughs> you know, my, my growing up, my pastor, his homilies were not that great. You know, it was yeah. always about telling stories. It was like, can we yeah. talk about the gospel? It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like that. And then, until it was like, oh, this is mass. Oh, that is really the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. Oh my gosh, this has to be something important. And then that's kind of when you like, okay, I want to take that faith serious because it's not only something that I do, it's who I am. Mm-hmm. And then going through that, I was like, oh, and, and that's kind of, you know, thanks be to God, we have a couple of people who get to college on that, you know, because college is that important time of your life that you make decisions about life. Hmm. What are the important things, you know? But if you don't understand your faith, and if it is not your faith, because a lot of times that's the other thing. It's your parents' faith, it's your grandparents' faith, it's, you know, it's not yours. Mm-hmm. I'm really starting to see like, the opposite is true with my family, I mean, I remember like over the summer, I had a conversation with some of my family members. They were talking about bringing their kids to mass or whatever. And they were like, and some parishioner was like, oh, you haven't been to mass in, in a few months. Like, oh, you should, you should probably go to confession and then you can, and then you can, you know, receive Eucharist. And she got all huffy and she was like, well, I'm going to receive communion, whether, whether you like it or not. Like I'm going to receive communion because I want to. And in my head, I was like, but, but why do you want to? Just because like, like from that conversation, you know, it was very clear that a lot of, um, not a lot, but some, some of the people in the conversation didn't really understand that that was Jesus. Yeah. And mentioning your story too, when you haven't maybe been to mass in a while or the term we use like practice even been a practicing catholic you don't want to be told right away we'll go receive the sacrament you maybe haven't seen in like years i don't know how do you approach it for someone? yeah and it's interesting because yeah that's the truth but truth is if our charity is empty mm-hmm. you know probably that's what she wants to hear at that time mm-hmm. but not how she wants to hear mm-hmm. you know hey welcome back to mass glad that you are here you know and then because now, there is this document on the USCCB called Living as Missionary's Disciple that goes about encounter, a company, a community, and sent. So a lot of the people are still in that encounter phase. They don't know who Jesus is. They, they heard about Jesus. You know, somehow it's somebody who has some kind of importance for them, but they don't know Jesus. They haven't had a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. Because when, how do you know? Maybe you're going to ask, Father, how do you know? You know it because when you had that personal encounter, it changed everything. Hmm. 
you know, that you start to go to mass, not because you have to, but you desire to, you want to, you need to. Yes. You know, and it is not more like just the Sunday Mass. It's like, I need that unity because heaven and earth touch each other on Mass. That's the closest you're going to get to heaven on earth. Mm-hmm. If we understand that, that the biggest miracle in the whole universe is happening right there, that that piece of bread, that piece, the, the little bit of wine is becoming Jesus' body, soul, and divinity. If we understand that, things will be different. And that's when I say we have to encounter him. If we know, you know. And then when you do this, it's like, yeah, of course I have to go to confession. If I'm in more scene. But it, I feel because nowadays everything is so changed and, oh, it's okay, you know. Mm-hmm. That's not really, you know. Mm-hmm. Just like, the, the you know, John 6, when the disciples left, Jesus said, hey, come back. I'm just kidding. You know, it's not really my, it is what it is. If you're going to leave, that's, you know, it's up to you. But I'm not going to change the truth just to make you, you know. And I was having a conversation with the staff a little bit before this. Like, that's how the Protestant church comes up, you know. Mm. I don't like what you say. And then I can just go and do whatever I want because I can. Mm. Mm. And then, you know, that, you know, uh, somebody was saying there's like a, you know, imagine the church as like a big piece of paper, you know, like. And then when you cut it, you know. And it's kind of like, oh, they, now you have two shirts. And then the other piece you start to cut. cut and it, it, at one point, you don't even know if that is paper anymore. Mm. The, the, the pieces are so small that in a sense, yes, there is a, there is a little bit of the truth there. There is a little bit of the paper there. Mm-hmm. But it comes to a point, it's like, we can't really write there. Or we can't do anything that you could do with the, ro- the whole paper. And it's just like, now it's all about me, you know, like, oh, this is how I feel. Or, you know, it's like, okay, good. But, you know, mass is not how you feel. Yeah. Mass is going to be mass no matter what. You know, Jesus is going to be Jesus even if you don't believe, you know. <laughs> we talked about this before. Sorry that you don't believe, but, you know, it doesn't make not Jesus because you don't believe or you don't like this or, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's honestly, that was a big part of my um, like conversion of heart freshman year. I remember the exact day too, we had a board meeting and we did Lectio. <laughs> and um, it was, I think it was the first time anyone actually ever explained to me what Lectio Divina was. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, this is like. What is Lectio thing. Divina, Jess? Oh, shoot. It's, um, so you read, you read it three times, right? You read mm-hmm. the Bible passage three times. The first time, you read it, you're trying to understand like, okay, like what, what is, what is this Bible saying? Like, what is this about? What's going on? The second time you read it, you try to understand, okay, now what is this Bible? What is this passage saying to me? What is it telling me? And the third time you try to like reconcile that question and like, or I guess like answer that question and apply it to your life. Good job. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. So yeah. I had been thinking, one of the the question that you asked everyone was, you know, like, what what are you being called? What are you being called to do? Or like, what are you being called to understand or uphold? And I was like, oh, well, yeah, this whole pro-life versus pro-choice thing has been on my mind. From there, I was just like, you can't compromise with the church's teachings and with like the Bible and the catechism. You really can't, which, you know, has its own trials and tribulations but that is the truth and whether or not you're able to accept it then yeah that's this is my body this is my blood mm-hmm. 
cannot get to heaven if you unless you eat it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's a tough. It's a tough commandment. Are you gonna leave you? Mm. Then we have Peter. Lord, where can we go? You have the words of everlasting life. Yeah. Oh, well, Jess, thank you for sharing your testimony with us. I see you brought your guitar as well. I did. If you'd love to share one of your songs or one of your singles you have right now, we'd, we'd love to hear a song from you at, yeah, at the end here. Sure. Is there a song you had in mind that you'd like to play? Um, sure. Why not? Yeah. yeah. Uh, this. So I'm not going to play a single. Sure thing. Um, you can go. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Jess. You can go. You can go look. You can go look me up on uh, Spotify and, yeah. and all that stuff. But um, yeah, the song I brought today is um, I wrote it. I wrote it last year. Um, last year I had a pretty big like crisis with vocation it was uh it was interesting it was an interesting time but yeah i just was really feeling unsure of this whole like call to marriage thing because i was feeling pretty hopeless about it to be honest yeah so this this song came out and this is jess syracuse is singing an original song for us uh, patience patience Run through my head Guess it's a sleepless night again Wishing I could take fate into my hands Rendezvous to pity party not to play Cause he will walk back home Leave me in my car alone He gets to fall asleep while I'm paralyzed from an ending dream Cause I'm just patiently waiting for love Patiently waiting for hope Patiently waiting for my dreams to come true I'm patiently waiting for love Patiently waiting for trust Patiently waiting to be good story but a different ending at least I know that I'm pretending and he will lead me on break my heart till the dark is one he'll shatter me carefree but the thought of him is intoxicating cause I'm just patiently
just patiently waiting for love, patiently waiting for hope, patiently waiting for my dreams to come true. I'm patiently That's Jess Syracuse with her original song, Patience. Uh, Jess, please tell them where they can find out more about you and where they can find your music. I have music out on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, Deezer, Tidal, all of them and above. Shameless plug, I'm releasing an album on the 24th, September 24th. So uh, go check out Disillusion. You can pre-order it. It's out for pre-order and pre-save on Spotify and Apple Music. You can buy a physical copy of the CD and my last project at jessaracusa.myshopify.com or you can look me up on socials, jessica.s1302, Instagram, Facebook, and all of my link trees and stuff is there as well. All right, Jess Syracuse, a new album coming out September 24th. You can find her on social media. Jess, thank you for being on the show today, sharing your testimony. Thank singing. you. Thanks for having me. So, especially, thank you. Thank you to everyone in our listening audience, and for Father Javon, for all that he does. A special thank you to Jim Crow, working hard to get us set up today. Uh, we hope you enjoyed what you heard. Enjoyed listening to some, some good music. Remember, you can find uh, our show wherever you get your podcasts by searching for Belonging for Young Catholic Adults. We're also available in your car on your radio dial by searching for 100.5 FM, or you can find us streaming on NashvilleCR.com. My name is Zach Jansen. Thank you for listening to Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio.